Welcome to Watch This, Bitches. This is part two of Kimmy Kappenberg. Enjoy. Can I ask you about the famous argument with Alicia? Uh, Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, because it's like, you can just tell that people like, what was the deal there? You guys were just never quite, you know, because at first she was like, she was, I saw her say, okay, sweetie. And the next thing you know, she's like, she, I, we never got along. And I was like, okay, what's true. You know, she was being nice to you in the first few episodes being like, I understand, like, you don't need to be here. And then it was like a switch went off and immediately it was like, oh, you don't want me. You're wrong. And there's finger wagging. Yes. I mean, she, (sighs) Alicia, Alicia's biggest fan is Alicia. Okay. She's just very proud of herself. And, and she's one of those that always wants to be heard. And, and like I said, my first season playing with her, I, now I got to defend myself instead of, you know, learning to walk away. But she and I, we just didn't click for whatever reasons. We're not, she's not somebody that I would have picked to be my friend. But it got to the point where, you know what, we're in the same tribe here. We, we got to work together. But we weren't because it was always her way, her way, her way, her way. And when we won the um, reward challenge with the chickens, the chickens kept producing eggs because I was feeding them and taking care of them. So they weren't stressed. So they were eating eggs. So I'm like, we have this constant source of protein. They didn't show that. Yeah, they didn't show any eggs at all. They were producing eggs. They were very happily producing production. Manipulating the story. <laughs> well, but, but but it was like exactly what happened in season one, where I they they like they they were like these. I maybe it was Kelly who who was who was observational enough to say these chickens are are too stressed; they're not going to produce eggs. And I was and I was curious if that was going to be the same thing. So I would have liked to have known as an audience that you were nurturing them. And oh, yeah, were, you were nurturing them, and they yeah. were happy. No wonder. Yes. And if and and if they're producing eggs. Because they should, the only thing we see is that it cuts straight to Mike, like up in the morning. Like, was he like, so that he met, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill a, a chicken without asking anybody. And I was I, like, I wonder if that was true. And see, that's the whole irony of all this because everybody got pissed at Mike for killing a chicken without asking everybody because why? There were days when we were getting eggs and there were days when we were getting fish. And when I had that fight with Alicia, and I had said to her, I th- my whole argument was, we don't need to kill a chicken on a day that it's producing an egg or we're catching fish or Mike just killed a pig. You don't need to kill a chicken that day. Let it produce. And so that's if you listen to the fight, oh. I think you can hear some of that. And then and then she's like, I, I, I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing about the fucking chickens. And it's oh, sorry. And I'm like, well, we cuss. It's OK. There, there was okay. <laughs> there, but there I had an actual legitimate reason. It, it was like, OK, this is why I don't think we should kill a chicken today. Not because I'm not telling you not to eat the chicken, but because you had fish, you have pig and it's producing eggs. So why don't you wait every other day? And that's when she's like, oh, the protein, the protein, we need protein. Now, when that series, when my season um, came out on DVD, we had gone into the city and in that DVD package of the whole season, there's the regular episodes and then there's commentary of people. So there's me, Alicia, and Jeff Varner who went and did the commentary on that. And she even said in that, she goes, she goes, no, Kimmy was right. We didn't need to kill the chickens every day, but she just wanted to be right mm-hmm. and argue for the sake of arguing instead of being like, yeah, no, Kimmy, Kimmy was right. And she said that. Right. It seems like it wasn't so much about the actual subject. It just becomes about human nature. Sometimes we just want to debate and be right in, in an yeah. argument. Yeah. yeah. And, but yeah. Yeah, like politics, they do but, it all the time. But <laughs> just, true to a personal trainer, we need that protein. We need that protein. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but but you're right too. It's like, I mean, you guys were kicking ass when it came compared to the other, um, to Ogacor. Ogacor, you were kicking like you beat them like many times in a row, yeah. and and had abundance of food between the fish and the chickens. And the pig, the pig. there was mm-hmm. a lot more going on um, compared. And but yeah, that makes sense that it, at some point, it, maybe you get a little bit 
you think people were getting a little bit um, not greedy, but like abundant. We have abundance. Let's eat more. I mean, they they could have they could have been. Um, I I mean, I can't speak for everybody. I mean, the more I think that something makes sense, you know, right? Somebody else. Comes oh yeah, along you're on like... your own experience. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I just there were, there was opportunity to get other food out there um and then uh you know on the different challenges that you're talking about with getting strong and abundance one of the big differences now versus when that first the first few seasons played on that particular um season in uh, episode in Australia that I got voted off on there was i think we had what seven people on my tribe and they were down to maybe five mm-hmm. when we went and we did our the challenge i got voted off on they made all seven of us play running through a maze versus five of them in a group and to me you know now they make people sit out and we had been sitting people out in some of the other um challenges that one they made us all play and that I don't think was right because right. Jeff, heck, Jeff like prefaces. Nice. He's like, there's no clear advantage or disadvantage sure to running is. with seven, but there's an obvious disadvantage because it's mm-hmm. two extra people that have to keep up. I thought That's- he actually said it's going to be harder for them because they have more people. He did, did he, not say that. He didn't say that. No, oh. he said there's no obvious advantage or disadvantage. So you're going to run with all seven. Yeah, and, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. To, to me, I mean, obviously, I mean, you heard little kids, you know, you got one distracted, but it's just more bodies that are Mm -hmm. bouncing into each other that have to stop and start. And I didn't, you know, not just because I got voted out, but it's like, okay, so on other challenges, people were, um, you know, being set out. And now you're saying that we're not going to. So there was no consistency with that. So was that because getting frustrated that Kucha kept winning? I don't know. Right. Tried it. Is that a subliminal way to give Ogakor a better Another chance? production little tweak, maybe? <laughs> you know, it was. it's always really interesting to me that, um, well, the one challenge that was just visually kind of very impressive and scary was jumping off the cliff into mm-hmm. the water and then going through a rapid. And just because I know about rapids, but then as first of all, I was so concerned for Roger who just wanted <laughs> to swim yeah. and he's barely treading water, and it looked really dangerous to me. It, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you're, you're up there and you're looking down and you're like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? What am I getting myself like 20 into? or 30 feet or something? It seemed, pretty- I, I think it was like 30 feet. I mean, yeah. it, it was just, it, it was like a lot. This season, they wanted you to do a lot of dangerous things. Yes. Jumping out of a plane and not jumping off a cliff. And... <laughs> right. And climbing your butt to tribal council yep. every couple and then of days. And a fire happening right by your camp, literally that was that, down that's trees. Thing, like and... having, having to endure that smoke. And because they, they must have known that it was like, okay, I guess you're not the, the I mean, it was brush fires, I guess, in the right. outback. They just, it was, really it was worse for the other tribe, right? Like it was a lot closer to their camp than yours or that was, that was after I was gone, but right. you, it's definitely a common thing out there for it to happen. Um, again, something they tell you about in your little, you know, before you go out there, but, uh, yeah, but it's, it's definitely, um, you don't think it's going to happen. And then when you're out there, you know, your mind plays tricks on you. So I wasn't there, but I would be sitting there and being like, okay, now what do you do? Like, you don't know how bad the smoke is going to be. You don't know how close it's going to get, you know, just like that in Cambodia, it was like, okay, they're telling you, you know, what to do in case of a, a tsunami. And now it's like, okay, I never even thought about a tsunami coming out here. I thought about backstabbing and starving and drowning, you know, by swimming. Now you got me thinking about a tsunami. If I'm on land, I'm going to be taken out. Right. I mean, it's just, there's so many things that could go right. on. It's just well, crazy. And and you weren't there, but with Mike falling in his hands, in the fire, yes, fire in his hands. Like- oh, so mom, you have seen it. I've been waiting for you to watch that. So. <laughs> yeah. I have to go forward because we're yeah. jumping forward. But I was focusing on Kimmy's episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I Kimmy. I do want to ask what yes. was we keep you keep mentioning Cambodia and we're talking a little bit about you know how they uh, drove you and everything. What was the 
biggest difference for you, like going in 20 years later, whatever it was, were you, was it the gameplay that was the biggest like shock or was it the production value with the competitions? Like what was the biggest change for you and having to adapt to? Definitely production was a much bigger scale. Um, and just, there was a lot more precautions. Like even when, <laughs> when, when I, I signed my life away to go to Australia, I think it was like 12 pages that I had to sign, um, you know, and my parents and my siblings all had to sign saying, you know, she could come back missing a lamb in a body bag, whatever. The second time I played, it was like 40 something pages that oh everybody <laughs> had to sign. And it was like, really? I mean, you talk to I a psychologist like, or something. Oh, you, oh yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. You have. A, yes. You go through all kinds of psychological evaluations. And, it, and it's funny because you're doing all of this in your hotel in the hotel. So you get called out of your hotel room when you're out in L.A. because they, they you're there for like a week. Um the first time I think we were there for like nine, nine or 10 days, but you know, going back to Cambodia, they don't have to do those one-on-one -on -one interviews. Cause they already know you, you do some press stuff and, and you do your psychological, uh, you know, evaluations, but then you also go and see the doctor and the doctor is in like room 614. You just take it an elevator, you go in there and they're like, okay, here you go. Here's a shot. You know, you're getting your vaccines in a hotel room. It just seems so freaking shady. Like, never would you ever think, but they just brought everything there. And right. you're just going into, like, one hotel room for pictures, one hotel room for this. So the production was different to, to get there. And then once we were in Cambodia, I guess the gameplay was very different. Because I had played... When there were no idols, there was no hidden immunity idols or advantages or any of these things. All the twists and turns. And no tribe right. swaps or anything. No. You guys ended like, up with a third tribe too, yeah. right? Is yeah. that the first time they'd done that? Or had they always done that? Because I'm they, still... They do it sometimes. I don't think it was the first time, but it's definitely, it was after a lot of seasons that they decided to do something like that. Does it seem yeah. like you, I mean, I, I'm... I haven't watched every episode, but I know kind of the overall. I did my uh -huh. best because I'm not there yet. <laughs> there was a lot more strategy. You played a lot more strategy in that. In that, yes, one, correct. Uh, yes, but it was also hard because, again, in my head, I'm still thinking. You know, when I had played, there weren't immunity idols, and yes, you see people on TV and subsequent uh, seasons. Yes, I know that they're out there, and it's like you might be looking. But I'm not going out there for three hours digging around because that's just not my thing. But there were so many people that had just played so recently and they knew each other. Like I played the second season. So I knew Jeff Varner. You know, we were both on this on both seasons, but he was on the other tribe and he didn't make the merge. So we didn't get to play together. I don't want to give everything away if you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I, I, I read all, I read all, I read, no, I read all about it and I watched okay. a, like a 30 minute breakdown just so, okay. I, because I knew I was, I was like, I need to, I'm a researcher and I couldn't watch the whole season, but, but that's good. But that's good. But so for instance, the final six people who were in Cambodia, it was me and five other people. Three of those people had played together the year before, and two of those people had played together the year before, like right. a year and a half before. So that's so, not really fair. So you have like these people that have relationships and they have more, you know, the evolution of the game. They knew the gameplay a little bit more. You know, like I said, my strategy, I, I learned from the first time, keep my mouth shut, get some food and mind my business. And that's. And you made it really, really far. Yeah, that's that's what I did. You know, well, because. My thing was, you know, like I said, the first time I was out there having an adventure, the second time I had my babies at home, they were in elementary school. And, you know, look, if I'm going to be away from my babies this long, every day that I'm out here, it's more money for my babies. And right. that's it becomes what it a was. job. Yes. Yep. That's what it was. I'm just going to do my best. Let me ask you, like this many years later, what is it? What are your feelings today about being a part of just such a groundbreaking series 
like, and why do you think it resonated so strongly with the audience that we're still talking about it so much? I mean, I am so proud of it. I'm just like, it's just a blessing to have been part of the opportunity and, and to do it. I mean, there's a lot of personal growth that you get while you're there. Um, you know, you just learn about people. You learn about what's important, your own strengths. It's it's a really amazing, like, cleanse for your body and your mind when you're out there. I mean, you you realize, okay, I don't need the material things. It's about the memories. It's I can rely on myself when I can't rely on other people. And then there's are, there are some great people that are out there that you can become friends with. And I just, it's, it's like watching any kind of sport or somebody doing something that they love and succeeding. Like I always want to cheer for that, for, for people, you know, it's, it's like, look, they pushed themselves and didn't know they can do it. It's like you get proud for these people, you know, other other seasons and other episodes that I've watched. It's it's like, oh, my gosh, look at them. I want them to do it and and, and succeed. And I think that's why Survivor has done so well, because there's somebody on the cast that everybody can relate to. And that and that's just what makes it more human. It's like we're not playing somebody. It's it's really, really hard to go out there. Um, and say, all right, well, I'm all, I'm only going to act like this or do this because the environment, once you're out there, you can't keep up a charade. It's just too exhausting. But if you're yourself, even though the, when you're out there, the people might not click or like you, so, somebody's rooting for you. Either somebody in your hometown that doesn't know you, somebody that you went to school with. So it's, it's just it's just amazing, and uh, it's funny because, gosh, my first when, when did I first play? It's been over twenty years. It was two thousand. You, you 20, 23, 24 years. Yeah, it was ish. Yeah, two thousand one. It was um, shot. Okay, okay. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's over twenty years, and when everybody was on COVID lockdown, there were people that had never watched it or had only been watching current seasons mm-hmm. and they started binge watching all of the earlier seasons right. and in the past couple months i go up to, uh, i'm up in atlantic beach sometimes in uh jacksonville at night and we're my, my boyfriend and i will be biking and drinking and next thing you know there's like 17 year olds they're like kimmy is that you and it's like huh <laughs> It's like you, your parents probably didn't even know each other when my episode, my season was on. Right. And now they're like, oh, my God, total fangirling because COVID rebrought it, brought it. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is so weird. And it's happened multiple times. And usually it still happens with older people, but it's younger people that had never seen it because, you know, now that they saw this, they like the gameplay, and the strategy and the learning that. They're going back to the beginning season. So well, I was a year old. Right. Yeah. I was a year old right. when your first season came out. Oh my gosh. What so, season, CG, how did you start watching Survivor? Did you start at the beginning or did you did you, did you discover something like in high school and say, okay, I like the show, I'm gonna go back? So I told I said this on the last episode, such a random funny story. Um, I actually was watching a season and I got invited over to watch an episode at Jeff Probst house and yeah, so random. How that? He wouldn't even invite me. <laughs> um, I, it wasn't me invited. So one of my best friends in dance class, her dad is an actor who was really good friends with uh, okay. Jeff Probst. So I got invited. It was um, Tony's season, the cop, okay. the bald head. Yep. yep. And yep. I watched that. So I watched it when I was younger and then it wasn't COVID time, but I watched a season on Netflix. It was like season 30 something, but then the only other season available was, I believe it was your all-star season. And I was like, well, I don't want to watch an all-star season without knowing people. So I went back from season one and I I'm not all the way through it yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. It's been Uh a year and a half. But right. yeah, so I did the same thing. I went back and I started at the beginning yeah. and it's, it's crazy. Great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's an evolution. It's an evolution. I do want to know, I asked Kelly the same thing. Um, who was one of the, your favorite people you played either season with um, any friendships? I know you still speak with Kelly, but 
um, who was one of your favorite people you've ever played the game with? I loved Kelly because we had a good, we had a really good connection out there. Um, I was actually very close to Fishback out there and people didn't know that, but we, it's like we, we called each other. This is my tribe wife and my tribe husband because we, I mean, we got along really, really well. Um, and of course I absolutely love Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, Jeremy is just one of the greatest human beings you will ever meet in your life. Um, and it's just nice to have those good memories. I mean, most most everybody that I played with on Bion, we got along really well. Um, but Jeremy and I, we never left Bion Beach. With all the tribe swaps and merge, everything, we never swapped. So we were there from day one until the vote off. And so we just got very close, you know, being out there. And I just... Yeah. I just love him as a person. I love that. I like hearing that because you said in your first season, you know, you didn't mesh as well, but then knowing that, you know, the relationships you see on television, like that they're real, like it's, uh-huh. it's another layer to this show that, you know, people act like they're playing the game and they don't care about friendships or anything, but knowing that real friendships are made, that's, that's what I've enjoyed most about speaking with Kelly too. I like knowing that there is like real emotion, like, People aren't just brick walls playing a game to win money. You know, there's human emotion behind it. So and that and that's why things really hurt, you know, when you're out there and things can sting. Like I I, like the day that Kelly got voted off. Nobody told me because they knew that we were close. Right. And we we just she and I were both more simple with things. You know, we had our kids and we could talk and we would just so relatable um you know and when she got voted off like i was just like i went back to camp and i was bawling my eyes out and then like the next tribal council when i saw her you know sitting and she was part of the jury and i'm sitting there we're like this giving Uh each other little heart loves and stuff over their hands because it was just like my friend's not here oh can we talk about getting voted off because like in in both seasons so the first season it happens. And I mean, it's, I think that's one of the things that, um, like the odd as an audience, as a watcher, you're thinking, you're always thinking like, what's going on in, in their head. You know, is it, it feels like, you know, your, your flame is getting doused. Although yours, I think got rained on, didn't it? <laughs> yes. I <laughs> was like, yeah. like, he's like mother nature already did this. Thank you. So what's going through your mind? And then immediately after, do they feed you? Do they shower you? Or is it like, you know, so. Um, so I, I totally knew I was getting voted out. Not that anybody okay. told me, but I just, I mean, Stevie Wonder could see I was getting voted off. Okay. okay. It was just, it was horrible. Um, oh. You know, everybody had something, to, something to say. And it was, it was like, okay. Cause I, I didn't have a buddy, so that's fine. Um, but it's still, it, it hurts because you go out there and it's like, oh my gosh, you had all these hopes and dreams of being there. And okay. It's cut short. Um, so it's like, it's like, you just sit there and it's like, all right, uh, you know, you're humbled. And um, it's once, I guess for me, because I wasn't blindsided, I had already kind of come to terms, but still you get, you get a little choked up and it, the tears kind of like well up and it's like, okay, I did the best I could. What, what else am I going to do? You can only have one person winning. Everybody that's playing is wanted that same goal that I had, you know, only one of us is going to get it. So. From there, um, they went and took us. They, I don't know. I don't even remember how we got back, but I did have a candy bar. They had like, they had like a basket full of like your favorite foods, you know, everybody's favorite candy bar because they don't know who's getting voted off. So when we had originally played, they, you know, they had sandwiches and everybody's favorite candy bars. I'm like, oh, I got a candy bar and I got a Coke at a Twix bar. So a Twix bar was the very first thing I put in my mouth after that. And went back to uh, Ponderosa and got kicked out of Ponderosa because they were still working on Ponderosa the first couple of seasons. Um, what what is so, that? So uh, what's Ponderosa? It's, it's like when you get voted off. It's like where they sequester you to after. Yes. So the first the first season, 
they called it Ponderosa because that's the name of the of the place that they were at. The place that its name was Ponderosa. It was out in you know Borneo somewhere, mm-hmm. and um, or. So what they were doing the first season is as people got voted off, they sent them home and then just the jury was staying there. And then for my season, they were like, well, if people know that this person was only gone for two weeks, they know that they didn't win. So then that's when they had everybody in my season stay in Australia. So we all flew to Australia the same day and we all flew home. The problem was they were only again having the jury stay at what they were calling Ponderosa. So they like sent us off to places and, you know, you had a handler that was supposed to help you and take care of you to know where you were. My girl was not as um, responsible and she basically gave me like, I don't know, 1500 Australian dollars and was like, here, meet us back at the airport in four weeks. This is the day we're leaving. And I basically was just left. And that was supposed to pay for my food, drink, travel, everything. And so... Four weeks? Oh, yeah. So I was staying at hostels for a couple dollars a night, eating... Yeah, I, I had my... I think I turned 27 or 28 out there and I was in a hostel eating and eating oatmeal in the morning, but I was using my money because we didn't have our own money to like access and stuff. So I had, um, I had just been traveling. So, I mean, but I'd save that money instead of staying in hotels. I went and I stayed in the hostels so I could do things. And I went to snorkeling in the Great Barrier Reef and I went to Lady Elliot Island and I went to amusement parks and I mean I was having a ball but so you got to have an additional little adventure on top yes. of it yes but then once I got on the airplane and I found out from other people that they were putting up they were like Jeff Varner he's well, yeah I was put up at a five-star hotel and everything and I'm going what the heck like I, like I had to like portion out my money along oh, the way so they they did reimburse me for some things because i because i guess i i might have had a, a credit card or some of my own cash i did but i know that i didn't have full access to do whatever i wanted um so so that was a little bit different that was fun but you know later on when we got voted out um off of cam you know in cambodia our ponderosa was like this little tent city on a beach like with a couple of cabins you know, so you um, just you're just kind of extending, but now with food and you can like, yeah, and just have like some more comforts because you were ended up and you end up on the jury, right? Yes. 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 And um, it was just such a whirlwind because at that point that I think they were doing the um, tribal councils every day at the end. Oh. Like there was there was only one day in between and or. Mm maybe two yeah, less just people to less people to cover so they can get it, things done quickly <laughs> exactly exactly they don't need um, a lot of footage of you guys resting in the hammocks so. <laughs> no because literally you have no energy when you're getting past the halfway point you know even after a couple of weeks your body is just tired i mean you're tired because you're not sleeping see- your quality of sleep has got to be i mean do, do you think that the location of the outback was more difficult than Cambodia or did they each have their different challenges? They were, they, I mean, they're both challenging. I think because it didn't have the ocean for me, that was more challenging with the outback. Um, but Cambodia, we were there during monsoon season. <laughs> so, you know, you had a couple of days where we were literally sitting out there we couldn't move because it's thunder and lightning and we didn't eat for two days because we were just huddled in the rain and you're just sitting there. Um, Emotionally, it was harder in Cambodia because again, I left my kids at home and you're just sitting there like, okay, what, you know, what's going on with them. Um, And then because we were voted back that second time, you know, when I was in Cambodia, the hardest thing was when I left my children, I didn't know if I was leaving for four or five days or for two months because I mean, we found out on live TV if we were, if we were going to Cambodia. So I had left my kids at home in Texas, you know, with one of my girlfriends and I'm like, okay. 
And I had to make arrangements with the school and say, okay, if I'm leaving, then they're going to be missing the last week of school. So I had to withdraw them. And then my mother was flying from Florida to go to Texas to pick up my kids, take them back there. I mean, but I don't know what happens because, you know, I say goodbye to my kids. I got to talk to them on the phone and say goodbye. But after that, it's like, did they make it to Florida? I don't know. I mean, you just assume so because you would have heard, you know, they didn't get kidnapped. But it's just as a mom, I felt like totally abandoned, like I totally abandoned my kids. Oh, we we, we've had a lot of that discussion, too. We've dealt with some uh, emotional trauma from my childhood about that (laughs) a lot. I'm like, bye. I'm in a different country for four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, she's like, why can't you just work at Trader Joe's, mom? And I'm like, (laughs) anyway, that's a she said that's a real one. But I, you know. (laughs) I, I'm curious. Kelly said she ended up quite ill after her because she was there for the entire the duration. Did you have any health issues afterwards or was it hard to get back? Like what was reentry like? Reentries always can be a challenge when you've been in the outback or in the elements. Yeah. I, I mean, food. It took me a couple of a couple of months to eat normal food because you know, you're not having processed food, you're not having salts, you're not having sugars, you're not having the chemical enhancers and stuff. So that, you know, there were some times when you ate, it's like, you better be right near that bathroom. Because oh. uh, mm-hmm. it, it really, it really messed you up. But the, the funniest thing that messed me up was daylight. Because um, we were just always used to go into bed when the sun went down mm-hmm. and waking up when the sun came up. So even though now I moved, you know, I went back to Houston and here I am in Houston. Well, the sun is starting to go down and I'm just like a light switch, even though the time zone, it's 12 hours difference, but my body, it's like, Oh, the sun went down. I'm ready to go to bed like eight o'clock. Like I, I would literally be driving my car exhausted because my body was just sun went down. It was time for sleep. You went back to like the, the, the cycles that our ancestors would do how humans naturally normally would do it. And, but you're still like, okay, I got to, there's homework to be done. dinner, Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) There's a whole life and it's, and it's like, it's, it's eight o'clock. I gotta be up. I can't be going (laughs) to bed at eight o'clock. Who does this? But, but that was the, I mean, it was just, amazing and that that probably lasted a good month or so where it's like i'd be out and i was with my girlfriends and i'm like all of a sudden like oh boy yep <laughs> just that light's going down time down. for bed <laughs> yes <laughs> yep well yep. if you um if you could talk to your younger self like what would you tell her my younger self playing the game or my younger self yeah in general? well any either one either like, or. or yeah <laughs> playing the game before yeah um After all the life lessons, yeah, that you've that you've learned, trust your instincts more and believe when people tell you if they are not good enough for you or they're not in a place in their life to be around you. Like it's my tendency is to fix people with a bird with a broken wing, whether it be friendships or relationship. Um you know, even jobs, staying somewhere around something. If somebody's saying, you know, I'm, I'm just not in a healthy spot. You know what? It's not my job to fix them. Um, because whatever they're going through, <laughs> you got to let them sometimes go through it and it's okay to walk away. And it's sometimes just okay to say that you're, you, you don't want to do something because you don't want to do it. And you don't owe people an explanation for right. how you live your life. You know, that's what the game, I don't owe you an explanation for why I'm making my decisions. I have my reasons and might not be your business. And I think that's okay for people to put up boundaries. That's a great lesson. If somebody says, instead of taking it personally, because what other, what's going on with other people, even though you say, you know, how can I be there for you? How can I love? And it's like, I can't be there for you. And to, to have the strength and wherewithal to say, okay. Moving yeah, on. I'll take that advice right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I well, think that's the thing. It's like, wait, this person's like, there's a person in front of me saying like, this isn't, you know, and it's like to, to have the strength to say, I'm going to take that as a truth and, and 
I'm not going to continue to, to um, pursue something that's like right in front of my face. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying for sure. That's, uh-huh. that's a good lesson. That's a good lesson. And I also like the, um, and it's taken me because like my nickname is Mindy Mouth, but I also know like know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like you don't need to say I don't need to say everything that's going on in my brain. And it's not censoring. It's just being at ease with not having the last word or being right. Do I want to be right or happy? It's like or just letting people like you can win. I don't have to win. You know, yep. yeah. Abs, uh, that's that's exactly it. That's that's perfect. Yeah, it's it doesn't matter. It's it, it, there's so much petty stuff in the world all over the place that it's just, you know what? Find the grace to let things go in the grand scheme of things. Oh it is interesting how much we focus on little things or and, and, and if if ever I find myself focusing on something that's just petty or small, I, it's I it's taken me a long time to kind of take myself out and say, wow, when you actually think about how small we are in this vast universe, does it really matter? Does it really I mean, matter right I'm now? Just like my mom, my mom always <laughs> says like, give yourself grace. And you're like, oh yeah, just now I was your like, middle oh. name is grace. <laughs> is oh, there exactly you go. The oh, that's the G and the CG. Yeah. Oh. Grace. My mom's always like, give yourself grace, like things like yeah. that. And then you just said something like that. Like you guys are giving like both giving me the exact same but you're just giving the same advice that my mom gives me so we're 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 moms and and we've done stupid things growing up to get here it's not because we're smarter it's just because we have more life experience and maybe we were lucky and got to do some stupid things along the way and but i think that's that's (laughs) just most you know one of the things that i think as parents we want to protect or make sure our kids don't make the same mistakes. And I think that's wrong. Kids, every human being is on their journey. Yeah. Mistakes or choices that might not work out need to be normalized just as much as successes. And I think that's what I'm gaining from, you know, you don't necessarily have to go on Survivor to have an outdoor experience. experience, like Uh going like um, Kelly on, you know, she's invited CG and I to go on this rafting trip in India next year. And CG's like, yes, let's. And it's like, yeah, it's just doing an experience like that can teach you so much about life and what's important and materialistic things, not meaning anything and connections and being collectively a part of something where you're all in, in the outdoors and you all have to work together to get somewhere that yeah. to me is life changing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I, I mean, it's, it's like a defining moment in your life where it's like, okay, where you, you make that switch from maybe when, I, when you always, you're now practicing what you preach that the material things don't matter and other people's opinions of you don't matter. That's a big one because <laughs> you're going to do that and you can celebrate and I, and I, and you know what I, I, I get really upset because if I do something and I'm proud or I, or work or something for my kids or I accomplish something, I think people are afraid to celebrate their own victories. Like they feel like, okay, well, people are going to think that I'm being arrogant. You're not being arrogant. Look, if you busted your ass and you got a college degree or you busted your ass and you, you were depressed and today you got out of bed, celebrate that. I think it's okay for people to celebrate themselves and not have the opinions, you know, of other people matter. And that's, you know, a, a big thing. Go out and do an accomplishment and, and celebrate you know. and be, pr- I, I absolutely, I had, I had that same advice once um, from an acting teacher. He said, nobody else is going to toot your horn. You need to, and as, <laughs> long as, it, as long as it's coming from a place of love, you know, where it's yeah. like, I am, proud of myself. And, and it's like what CG was saying, when I say treat yourself with grace, we tend to, we're our own worst critics and we tend to beat ourselves up. But would you talk the way our inner voice, the way we talk to, uh, um, ourselves, would we talk to our best friends that way? And, and I, it's like, so if I ever find myself talking to myself in a negative way, I, I stop and say, you're doing the best you can in any given moment, you're uh-huh. doing the best you can. And I think uh-huh. like, and I think that's one of the great things about Survivor is it's you're just you're watching everybody do the best they they can. And hopefully they can walk 
I'm sure everyone has a different experience, but if they can walk away, hopefully without resentment or, or, or the process of like processing what you just went through without, you know, I'm sure some people came out of it better than others. Yeah. I mean, but sometimes it's just being brave to get on an airplane. Some of these people had never been on an airplane. Some of these people had never left the country. Some of these people have, you know, phobias or anxiety or of, you know, meeting new people or I I don't know, whatever, like Roger had to overcome not being able to swim, you know, it's, it's all these different victories. And then the opportunity, like the first time that I played, I was so disappointed in myself because I, I, I watched my season when it came out and then I didn't watch it again until less than a year before um, um, I was asked to do second chances. My boys had known I was on Survivor. They had never seen it. And they were in elementary school. And it's like, okay, they, you know, they would hear stories. So it's like, all right, boys, we're going to watch it. So they got to see mom eating a worm and stuff. And then it was, it was literally a couple months later that I got the phone call to do it again. So I was like, okay, see, this is a great opportunity to share with people that, even though this opportunity didn't present itself and, and it didn't go as well as I had hoped the first time, Hey, another, it, it came around, right. you know, it came around a second time. And, and even though people were mad at me the first time when I played, um, you know, cause I wouldn't eat a cow brain. I remember I was in a, in a store in Stony Brook in New York and this woman came up to me and she was like, you know, I was really proud of you and you were a good example for my daughter to not um, succumb to peer pressure because you stood up by yourself when everybody wanted you to just eat, eat the cow brain. But for your own beliefs, you said that you weren't going to do it. And that made me proud, you know, for something that I was like embarrassed for out, you know, when I was doing it because my, my tribe mates, they were being like all, why can't you just do it? Just do it. Just do it. And I stood alone. Mm-hmm. And then having somebody say something like that, I mean, it was very flattering. Opinions don't necessarily, yeah. I mean, every perspective could be different, right? Yeah. yeah. So you I mean, ate that mangrove, which was grosser to me. <laughs> I was like, like your tongue was black from it. And I was like, do you remember the taste or did you plug your nose? It, it had like a little inkwell in it. The best way I can describe it is like, you know, like a little Christmas tree light, how small they are. Mm-hmm. But if you if you push it, it would crunch. Yes, that's exactly like what was in there because it was fine. And then all of a sudden, I went crunch, and it like felt it's like little a spine yeah. or like oh, Hakuna Matata, man. It, oh. And then it and then it came out, and it was funny because the funniest thing was everybody was telling me, "Oh my gosh, Kimmy, your tongue it's so black. Your tongue is black." Your tongue. I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. I'm thinking I have like you know food in my teeth from like worm guts. It wasn't until the episode aired when they showed it. I'm like, oh my god, is that what my tongue looked like? Because I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea it was that it was that bad. Oh, it's funny. It wasn't oh. bad. It was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> well, was thank awesome. you. <laughs> oh my gosh, yep. CG, do you have any more questions for our lovely this lovely woman? It's so <laughs> it's so great to meet you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I mean, these survivor episodes have been my my favorite ones that my oh, mom has awesome. done so far. So yeah. just thank you again she for like talking just, to us. Yeah. She's she's like we're like we're in my house now, mom. <laughs> she was making me watch all these old movies. I'm like, this is my domain. Okay, well that's we're here good. now. <laughs> that's good. You get to learn from each other. That's awesome. Well, if you guys do go on a trip uh, to India with Kelly River rafting, I want the invite too. <laughs> I haven't seen Kelly in a couple of years. It's specifically for women, and she she found out that they. Um, there are no female guides. So at the end of the trip, she's doing a female guide school for, um, for See, the- I, I just she love made her. <laughs> I love her. The, the last time I saw her, she came to, uh, to Florida, I guess about four years ago. And, uh, me and my sons went with her and her, her group and went surfing. Oh, so I got yeah. to go she's out very and hang adventurous out. like that. River rafting, yes. surfing, she's yep. skiing in Northern California, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, we I, feel, do- I feel lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Oh, she is superwoman, but I definitely I got to get out there and do stuff because now that I'm 50, you know, I'm not quite as spry as I was. So I got to work up to things sometimes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, I mean, if um, just because I can, we can. Add, who do you else do you think I should talk to from season two? Are you friends with Jeff? Who oh, you, I talked to Jeff Varner. Yeah. Who do you who, who are you still friends with Jeff? Who, who else I, t- I talked to him once in a while. Um. I love Jervis from season season oh, one. Yeah. He and I have always stayed in touch all these years. Um, yeah, uh, Cass, I crazy. I, I think that's a great idea talking to Cass. I think Cass is awesome. Great. I talk. I talk to Cass and I talk to Deb. Deb, who was voted out she first. Was voted out first. We didn't mention her. I was going. I forgot to mention that. Um, like, was it what? What like was it just? It was her time, or just she <sighs> personality? Like, what? What? I, you know what, just because she didn't, she didn't get along with everybody because she's a responsible person. We had a lot of irresponsible people on our tribe doing stupid stuff, you know, uh-huh. and she's a little bit more she was disciplined with yeah. things. She wanted the fire. She wanted the shelter. She wanted to make sure everything was taken care of. And it rubbed the wrong. It was, it was too much. Too and, and I feel and I, I have terrible guilt about it because Deb's a, a great person. She re, she's really, really good. And I think that she and I could have gotten along well there. But I think when you're first out there, you're panicking and it's I'll put down anybody's name as long as it's not mine. Right. And I think her name was unfairly put down because of that as like a self-preservation. I, I would say that she was the sacrifice. Right. And that's that. It's hard to say that, but it's the honest truth, right. you know, and it, and I think she would have done well out there because, I mean, she was the only one that was, you know, at her house. She was saying, like, practicing making fire and doing things. And, uh, you know, what? it would have been helpful for the survival part for the tribe, probably, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, you know, your elements are different, you know, your different trees and stuff wherever she was in Massachusetts or wherever versus out there. But you know what? She tried it and she did it. So kudos to her. But again, out there, like I said, I was in my 20s. I knew it all. Yeah. You know, right. no, no, no. 50, 50s are when you're like, I really know nothing. Ah, yeah. <laughs> nothing. I got nothing uh, for you. Blank. No. Uh, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't tell people. And I said something to my son the other day. I said, I said, sweetheart, I said, I have no idea. I'm completely ignorant on that subject. And my son was like, mom, don't ever tell yourself that you're ignorant. I said, well, I, I don't. He goes, tell yourself you're uneducated, but you're not ignorant. I'm like, <laughs> it's really the same thing at that point. But OK, yes, I'm not going to argue. I'm going to have some grace. And but I appreciated him pointing out that I shouldn't put feed, feed myself with bad things, you know, yeah. like you were saying. Okay. I just haven't learned it yet. I love it. I love it so much. This has been such a joy. I <laughs> love it. I love it. And I love, I would love to meet you in person one day. And I know we're, we'll go like, to, we're going to go, go to India. India. We'll go to India. <laughs> can we drink wine? Cause I feel like I should have been drinking wine this whole time. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, well, I really appreciate it so much for joining us here. We yeah. have had such a blast and, uh, Thank you again so much. I just, it's, um, it's, uh, it's really so much fun. Well, it, it's yeah. great to talk about this. And one of the reasons I got into podcasting is I just, I love meeting new people and I like, you know, talking about the nostalgia of, you know, it's, it's television and film and all that, but it's also the life experiences that, that, and you answered that question just beautifully about what, like, how do we, you know, why do we do the things we do? And, and, what are the life lessons? And because that's what life is. It's just a series of lessons. And how do we enhance that and and connect with people? And I just think it's really cool and and super admirable. And your attitude is so wonderful and joyful. And it's been been such a pleasure. So I I really appreciate that because it's, uh, you know, it might not have all had ever happened because when I was applying, I remember one of my friends in New York said, why the hell would you even apply? What the hell makes you think that they would want you? And and that and that that hurt because this is somebody that I cared about. That was they wanted you before you even got to the ground floor. Well, and and well, we always know that. Choice. Thank you. What comes out of people's mouths is about themselves. Mm-hmm. So and anybody who wants to, you know, like why would you? Why are you this person? Because their their perception. It's more about like their perception of you're like, wow, you, that's the way you think of me. Yeah. Well, and, and that I think was a lot of the hurt. It was like, 
why wouldn't you just say go for it? Because that's what I would do. Support it and, and just say go for it. But when you but when when he said to me, what what makes you think that they would want you? And I was like, this is a good friend of mine. And I was like, that reveals his fear. I of don't rejection. know. That reveals somebody else's fear of rejection. And yeah. what you said about production when I, I hadn't really a point that you made saying people who hadn't been out of the state or on a plane, that's kind of a brilliance in casting. They're not having outdoor experts and all river mm-hmm. guides and all that. They're bringing in just your that they want average, ordinary people yeah. that are living their lives because they need to see that's the point of the show. You're not yeah. supposed to all be experts. Yep. They they you get somebody that represents a different part of the country and now a different part of the world. You know, if you can get the small town guy and, you know, the big city girl and, mm-hmm. you know, how and see what they can do. I mean, there, there's a lot of times when you realize that at the end of the day, no matter how much education, how much money, how much traveling or life experience at the end of the day, when you're stripped of everything, you're all pretty much the same. And, you know, those stereotypes can be broken down. Absolutely. Wow. On that note, we could continue yeah. chatting. We'll get together when we get to season 31 in detail. We'll, you know. Yes. Yes. Come back. Come back. But I really appreciate you guys having me. I really do. Thank, Thank you, you so again, much, Kimmy. Kimmy. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, ladies. Bye. 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 So thank you guys for listening to our episode with Kimmy Kappenberg. We had so much fun. Um, Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to watch us, you can watch this episode on YouTube um, for additional content and live Zooms with us. You can go and sign up for our Patreon for some behind-the-scenes content. Um, And we live watch Big Brother Evictions on Thursdays. You can also follow us on our social medias. I am CGMIR on Instagram and TikTok. And my mom is the Melinda Clark on Instagram and TikTok. And don't forget to follow at Bye Bitches Podcast on Instagram. With that being said, bye, bye bitches. Bitches, bitches, bitches. Okay, bye.